currently on the line is local pilot Juan Brown. Good morning, Juan. How are you? Hey, good morning, Claudio. Good. So I was hoping that you could tell us a little bit about what's happening with the air attack. For example, do you know how many gallons of retardant have been dropped so far? Uh, I do not have the number of gallons uh, dropped or those numbers for you right now. Uh, I, we've got a pretty good view of the fire from just below the airport here this morning, and the fire laid down real nice last night. There's still some small active smokes coming up out of the fire. Hopefully that smoke is coming from in the black, as they say, or inside the fire. But there appears to be no strong active flame front on this fire at this time. So right now, Air Attack 230, the OV-10 Bronco from here at the Grass Valley Air Attack Base, is overhead checking things out. And he's also checking out all the work they did yesterday on all the retardant lines and seeing if they need to lay some additional retardant in there to tighten things up. So all our pilots are up and ready. They flew until sunset last night, got a good night's rest, and they're up and on alert already this morning ready to go return to the fire if they need to, to tighten up those retardant lines. Now, yesterday we had an unprecedented initial attack on this river fire. There's been some recent changes in policy between CAL FIRE and the U.S. Forest Service. You know, CAL FIRE's always done a great job of keeping small fires small, hitting them hard with initial attack. The Forest Service managing forest lands has been for many years using more of a let it burn policy. But this let it burn policy is getting into rural communities and hitting them hard. Like yesterday, we lost the town of Greenville right. up there near uh, Chester, uh, up in that neck of the woods. So, so the new acting U.S. Forest Service leader, Randy, Randy Moore, has agreed to be more proactive on these initial attacks in an effort to join CAL FIRE in keeping these small fires smaller. So yesterday we kind of saw that in action and we had 14 air tankers attacking the river fire and you know it just went from one acre to a thousand acres pretty quick. So here in Nevada County you probably only saw our two S2s operating out of our airport here, tanker 88 and tanker 89, but they were a company with 12 other air tankers operating mostly out of McClellan Air Force Base. And in that mix of air tankers, those were mostly large and very large air tankers. As many of you who were watching the fire saw the large air tankers. This even included half of the MAFS fleet of tankers that we have in the United States today. Wow. The MAFS are the, is the military. The military is there to augment the civilian contractors, when, they, when those resources get stretched too thin. So nationwide, there's only eight of these military C-130s that are converted into fire bombers during the summertime. And we've got five of those based at McClellan right now. And I think we had one, two, three, four. Yeah, we had five of them on the fire yesterday. So that's <laughs> over half of the, the whole fleet in the nation. Along with that, we had two additional civilian C-130s, an MD-87, and two BAE-146 aircraft. And these aircraft were pulled from Paso Robles and uh, Medford, Oregon, and McClellan Air Force Base, and were brought into the firefight. And this required that we also bring in lead planes, uh, real specialty 
type of air attack that can lead these large air tankers down into the exact drop. So those of you that were watching the air show close over the fire might have seen the small lead airplane, or they sometimes call them bird dogs, pop a little bit of smoke down low over the fire to help lead these large air tankers in on these drops. So back to your question about <laughs> number of gallons, we'll have to get that. It's statewide. It's in the millions and millions of gallons have been dropped already so far this fire season. Wow. Uh, we'd have to get McClellan's numbers along with uh, here at the Grass Valley Air Attack Base. But again, here at Grass Valley Air Attack Base, we're just working with Tanker 88 and Tanker 89. I hear them starting up right now. Let's see which one's cranking up here. Yeah, it looks like Tanker 88 is cranking up. Again, this should be just in an effort to help tighten up some of these retardant lines. Now, regarding the firefight itself yesterday and the fire, when these things get going on day one with that much of a wind behind it, there's very little any firefighters, including aircraft, can do on the head of the fire. Once that head of the fire gets pushed by the winds, it's spotting a mile or two downrange. And even if you attempted an attack on the head of the fire with retardant, it's simply going to spot over that head. What, uh, what they primarily focused on yesterday would be the western side of the fire with the fixed-wing air tankers, which in fire terminology would be the left flank. But the fire started down there by the Bear River campgrounds and went up the Bear River drainage the western side of the fire would be the left flank. There yesterday, they had good, clear air to operate all of these air tankers and get a whole bunch of retardant laid down on the western side of the fire along all the houses in that region in an effort to keep the fire from moving west, but more importantly, in an effort in anticipation of the winds reversing overnight to their typical diurnal flow where they go from the southwest and instead at night they they blow down downstream basically and they could have bumped that western edge of the fire pretty hard but last night fortunately it looks like things just calmed down laid down real nice and so i don't see a hard bump this morning on the western uh, edge of the fire so that's where all the uh fixed wing assets went all the helicopters, I don't know how many helicopters were on it, were operating mostly on the Colfax side or the right flank of the fire, putting out hot spots in there, as it's a little, quite a bit more smoky on that side, and the helicopters can work lower and closer into those tighter, smokier conditions. Now, Juan, you did mention that the wind plays a big part in this. What, what's the wind, what's the forecast for today's wind? What's that looking like? Uh, we're looking at some winds, probably not as much wind as we had yesterday. <clears throat> so we're looking at our typical, uh, Delta type flow, uh, out of the Southwest. What this fire did yesterday, though, if you look at the zoomed in footage from the KCRA helicopter, this fire yesterday began to create its own wind from the huge uplift, uh, thermal activity coming out of that fire. So, so that was drawing a bunch of air into the fire, creating its own windy conditions right there in the fire. I would say the wind conditions on the fire line were a bit stronger than out here at the airport. Out here at the airport, we had, um, we didn't have much wind. It was like six knots, occasionally gusting 
to 12 knots. It was kind of erratic, and that's another problem with the extreme fire behaviors. You get erratic, gusty winds, uh, and that that stirs up the fire activity much more than 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 uh, steadier, lighter winds. Mm-hmm. So today we're looking at similar winds, but not quite as much as yesterday. So that should give us a break. And there goes uh, Tanker 88 and sounds like Tanker 89 are launching right now to go tighten up some of those lines. Juan Brown, local pilot, thank you so much for your update. Really appreciate you sharing your time with KVMR. Okay, and if we uh, get an update, we'll give you a ring. Sounds good. Thanks very much.